Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of End of Regulation. If you know, you know. Episode 36, Fitzmagic is back, part two. We're glad for you all joining us here again. First time listeners, we appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Keep showing love or this podcast is for nothing. So make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We'll keep you updated weekly with everything entertainment and sports. And we got a special episode this week. Everything ranging from college football to basketball, NFL and more. So let's go ahead and introduce the Stu crew here, making things happen, contributing to the tribe that's thinning the herd. Coming to us live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna, how we doing, kid? It's good to be back. We uh, took a little time off, some Kawhi Leonard load management going on here, but you know, it's for the better of the podcast in the long term. And it's all about mental health. I'm, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I am too, and I know that there's another individual who's excited to be back, and he's just sweating. That's how excited he is. Shirtless in the studio tonight. Harry Douglas, how we doing, kid? I feel like this is a reoccurring theme. I mean, it, it, it is and it isn't. I, uh, for the first time all, all year, have turned on my heat. And I'm not that good at controlling it. It's not like one of the ones where you can just like actually set the number you want. It's just like a dial that has no numbers. Oh, that's old Man, school So it is, it is a... For, a first world problems, right? It is a uh, steamy, probably 80 degrees in my room right now. Well, let's kick off a steamy episode. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. You know the drill. We're going to tell you all what we're going to talk about and hopefully keep you entertained all the way through a little bit like a roller coaster. Kick it off with some banner. Quick alert. There is a story time session coming. Uh, We are going to talk to you a little bit about the NCAA and football, what happened this weekend. Very exciting and electric. And finally, we're going to close it out with some NFL Week 10 recap things to look forward to and some achievements uh, that were had this weekend. So let's go ahead and just kick things off right away. Um, I think, as you all very well know, and my fellow co-hosts know, I love to tell a story. So I put together a um, a little rant from an experience that I had recently, uh, venturing out to an Italian dinner, craving a chicken parm with a side of pasta you know and I get to the restaurant all as well and we end up sitting next to these individuals and they're all wearing lanyards around their necks and they're all wearing badges but I'm unable to identify exactly what the badges say we are in a very hotel saturated area so it makes sense you know that they're here for a conference or something of the sorts all of a sudden I start eavesdropping and listening to these creatures I mean, all I can say is that these individuals were released from the zoo or are some alternative life form because they were all different shapes and sizes. Uh, one of them was wearing a Pikachu hat and a backpack. The other one was about 550 pounds and looked like Jabba the Hutt. Um, they began talking about 
feeding alcohol to animals to better marinate them in, in preparation for cooking instead of just cooking them with wine uh, when the time comes. So I was already intrigued that these morons were having this type of conversation. Um, but then was quickly found, uh, found myself to be grossed out and uh, looking over at a man that was sipping water like a Neanderthal and spitting the ice cubes onto his plate of chicken. <laughs> I, I have I, ha, I have no understanding as why this took place. The the waitress kept looking over, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. We kept making eye contact. Every time he needed something, he screamed, "Ma'am, hey ma'am!" across the restaurant, filled filled with individuals all trying to enjoy their night. Yeah, that's and, red flag number one. And then, gentlemen, it hit me. I took over uh, a stronger glance. And noticed that they were all there for an anime convention. Oh. So things things started to come together, and uh, I started to understand a little bit better, you know, that they were that of a lower IQ species. Um, and, and they started to get so loud and rowdy. And and you know what? Here's my thing. You can do as you please, but don't start pushing your shit on me. You know, if you like to choke yourself and watch anime porn, cool beans, but don't don't ruin my dinner. Wait, that's, were that's, they uh, were they drinking? Yes. So we're we're now dealing with people who are let's just call it what it is socially inept, who are drinking. I mean, like people who watch anime, like this is a drastic generalization. Um, don't get out much, from my from what I know. It it didn't look like it, judging by the color of their skin. Now, granted, they could very well be uh, deep rooted Irish and just be. Very pale, oh, but I find that something, hard to te- something tells me otherwise. I, I forgot to mention um, that one of them was uh, was at one point a man, um, but is no longer. He's part of um, he's part of the T's. He is riding in the back. If you've ever watched Dave Chappelle with the T's, so um, <clears throat> you know he uh, he contributed to this dysfunctional group of moronic babbling idiots that I hope I never encounter again. I actually went out of my way to research to see if this convention is a yearly thing and it's it's actually they change cities. So, thank fucking god. <laughs> um but if I do ever see them again, I will ensure uh that I inform them they will be the first to go when we thin the herd. Yeah. What re- what restaurant was this? I knew that was going to be a theme in this story. Oh, oh, it's a theme throughout all the episodes, but this one especially. Um, we, we appreciate you sticking with us there, and we hope you enjoy that, but I think it's something that everybody needs to understand is this planet is too populated, and uh, we have people like that spitting ice cubes onto plates of chicken. We're like, we're like fucking Santa Claus over here. We're like, he's making a list, he's checking <laughs> it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows when you've been naughty or nice. You know, we're watching. When he you're knows sleeping. when you've been spitting out ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's my story, Tom. Appreciate it. So, alien life has landed on Earth. Uh, it's in our nation's yeah. capital, no less. Nonetheless, yeah, they are walking amongst us. Um. All right. Next up. Yeah, let's talk about nations. something else. 
nation's capital. Another great little story, not of my experience, but um, actually just across the way from Top Golf, where I was recently enjoying myself, slamming drives. <laughs> a man knifed another man to death over a Popeye sandwich. Now, you all know about this Popeye's madness. Um, I don't understand it. Maybe you guys can understand it and explain it to me. But I see it as nothing else than a bunch of low-life scum fighting over a shitty sandwich. Chick-fil-A till I die. Well, if, if what I think about it, I've never had it, um, nor do I really plan on having a Popeye's chicken sandwich. The way I see it, if you're like, you know screaming to high heaven about like needing a Popeye's chicken sandwich and like going and thinking it's the best thing since sliced bread. You're really just a sheep. Like it, Dude, you're just a sheep in the sold system. Sold out. I know, but you know what I mean? Like you're literally just stores. falling into this like social and they did a great job at creating this social storyline where people were just like, what the fuck? Like I got to try this thing. Waiting in line. Yeah, and and if if you're even going to the extent to stab somebody over one of them, I mean I'll take out my notebook and write down that name on that on that list we were talking about right now. I I just don't get it. Like to your point, like have have these people just never had a chicken sandwich ever, dude? It's outrageous. It can't be like unless it's like breaded and fried in gold flakes. I do not see the hype behind it. Maybe it's just because I haven't had it. Maybe I'm just not a chicken it's sandwich like a connoisseur. I don't know. It's a cult. It's the same shit with a McRib. Nobody likes that except for they keep bringing it back every year, which means people are paying for it. Again, like Harrison said, the sheep of the world that need to be thinned. Correct. So as a podcast, are we completely out on the Popeye's chicken sandwich? We are so far out. So anti-Popeye's. Popeye's, I have not had the sandwich, so I can't speak on it. And maybe it is the greatest thing, uh, you know, that has ever been created. Highly doubt it. Here's, but what I will like, say is, I've I've had Popeyes, and it's not good. I mean, good fries, nothing else. How could it be better than like? I just don't understand. How could it be that the the ingredients are as simple as you can possibly get? It is chicken in a hamburger bun, maybe with some pickles. I've I'm not sure. I haven't had it. I want to preface that again. Um, Sheep. Sheep. I just don't get it. There's no way that it's like that spectacular. I don't have any interest in trying it. I don't think any of us do. For those of you listening, if you have had it and you are a chicken Popeyes chicken person, explain it to us. It just, DM us. Yeah, we like need to know. Just, just let us know. If not, then bah, you know what that is. That's a sheep. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. Sheep. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, next piece is uh, quick and short. Just wanted to get your guys' take on it because I'm a huge fucking fan. But Matthew McConaughey has blessed us all with an Instagram page. It is just a geniusly curated um, platform for him to show everybody what a spectacular life he lives. Uh, I adore everything about it. The guy lives the life. And... Um, you know, hate him all you want for his commercials and, and his mediocre acting, but the guy just keeps going. 
Yeah, I don't understand how anybody in Hollywood or any sort of media personality doesn't have Instagram. Also, on this note, shout out Jen Aniston for blessing us with an Instagram of her own. Uh, I'm Amazing. I'm glad Dude. these two are on Instagram. Probably jump to the top of the best looking people on Instagram overnight. Yeah. Um, and, and as far as I'm concerned, they are must follows. Yeah, I mean, Matthew McConaughey opened up his first video ever with just, you know, humor, you know, a little bit of emotion, everything you need, a little salt and pepper. Then a, then a Jimmy Fallon hook em post. And then a veterans post with just all female Marines. Just fucking legend. That's some good stuff. How much do you think yeah. you get? I'm assuming people run their Instagrams for them. This guy's had this guy's has an Instagram for like a week. He's got 1.6 million. Oh, and that that number is going to be up to like five by like oh, the end of tomorrow. Easy. But no, I mean I think someone. Yeah, I but, think he he's in he's the idea behind some of the posts, but he's not. No. Yeah, I'm sure he's got like input. I'm sure someone he's. Paid I'm sure like to an extent to he's that. like taking the picture if it's like a selfie style, whatever. But how much do you think that you know if you're managing an A-list celebrity's Instagram? How much do you think you get paid? A lot, probably like close to a half a million dollars a year, depending on like depending on your duties. I mean, if you are completely covering the person's PR and their image and their social media platform, I mean, you got to think about the world we live in. That's a fucking massive task to take on. I mean, the rocks. The rock has like one of the most consistent, albeit like some of the stuff he puts up is like not you know it's not really it's on brand for him. It's, it might not really resonate too much with us, but. He he's got the most consistent presence on Instagram by far, and well, he's got clones, bro. He does. Oh uh, yeah, can't that's, forget about that. We we that's a fucking good point. I mean, but McConaughey's bio is husband, father, actor, minister of culture, professor, creative director, Austin FC, J.K. Livin, and pickle expert. That's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> what does your bio? What does your bio say? Uh, I'm a little embarrassed. Do, do I really have to read it off? Yes. Mine, mine does not include pickle expert. Mine's living vicariously through myself. Sheesh. Hmm. You should hire. You should hire a nar- social media narcissism manager. Narcissism. <laughs> as at its I really want to rip on it. I don't even know what to say. Tom, do you <laughs> exactly. ha- do you have a bio? Uh, I think I have a bit more of a professional bio. Let me see here. Mine reads. Chemistry PhD student at VCU. Fucking nerd. Producer slash host of the End of Regulation podcast. Ooh, I need Link to in that bio. Put that on there too. Did not Link in bio. You're welcome, wow. boys. Wow. Welcome. I got to copy. I'm going to copy that. So Stop stop living vicariously. And also, um, you guys can't use the producer part. That's my, Harrison's, Harrison's that's my baby. Harrison's NYC living, single and ready to mingle. I walk alone in the rain to hide my tears. <laughs> to hide my tears. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Well, I think a, a really good way to judge people going forward, and I've started to keep, keep tabs in a list um, when I'm tagging people in posts. If they don't have an Instagram page in 2019, you're a killer. That's what I'm saying. Like, Literally everybody has one, whether it's yeah. for personal reason or – the amount of money to be made on Instagram. Like so much. I feel like everybody is some 
but some Harrison's, influencer. To Harrison's point, with with a lot of these celebrities, it's just constant content. It's like almost sensory overload. What I what I dig, and it'll maybe change about um, McConaughey, is that he said from the beginning he's only going to post meaningful, interesting, uh, humorous, entertaining stuff, not just like you know the rocket. 2.30 in the morning starting his workout and, and uh, you know, one of his clones is shooting 75 movies. Um, <laughs> you know, which which I like. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with that. I gotta follow him. I didn't realize he came on Instagram. I think Jen overshadowed him quite a bit and Jen, I mean, when she oh, joined... As, as she should. She she shut down Instagram. Like, you couldn't uh, even... Black you, hole. Yeah, it was like Fortnite. Oh just my a God. black ring. I mean, just goes to show how incredible she is. So many generations just in the bathroom with the door locked. Um, <laughs> I would I would like to intervene here. Uh, this is breaking news as of uh, tonight, just now. Kentucky has lost number one seed. Kentucky <clears throat> has lost to Evansville. Where if you even fucking know where Evansville is, you're doing you you're $5. doing something wrong. Um, I don't know anything about Evansville. Kentucky was 25-point favorites tonight, and they lost at home to Evansville. And I'm pretty sure that makes Evansville the best team in the country. Number one. Stay, stay tuned. Insane. Stay tuned for our we'll, – we'll, we'll talk college hoops next week after the season has unfolded a bit more. A lot of hoop action this week. Stay tuned. Um, follow us on our Instagram, and, you know, we're, we're going to keep you posted – with hoops every night now, nothing better. But yeah, number one Kentucky has lost. Let's keep this but train may- train rolling too, because at this rate, we'll be doing this until I've got to wake up for work tomorrow. Yeah, hey, um, why don't you shut the hell up? Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, we'll move through this quickly. I just had a conversation with a couple of individuals, and they were. I mean, I find myself to be a pretty OCD, clean individual, um, but I guess hygiene is brought to the next extent um i was under the uh assumption that peeing in the shower was kosher no i am very much against it i do it probably 90 percent of the time 95 percent of the time save I, water man honestly it's not even like it's not even that i just i kind of get up in the morning i forget that i do have to take a piss and then i get in the shower and i'm like oh well i'm not gonna get out of the right. shower now here here's the make or break between whether you're a serial killer or not Tom, do you get out of the shower to pee? No. Okay. All right. Good. I just wanted to make sure we weren't. I mean, reco- recording with a serial killer. If if worse comes to worst, like I will. But if you think the water is just like magically rinsing it down, yeah, it's, dude, I pee in the not. drain. I'm not just it's like not. I'm not just letting loose and and firing it off like a crazy daisy out in the yard. So what what about the girls that are in here now? The girls don't have the luxury of like, you know. Pulling and, and aiming as they please. All right. Well, I mean, you're being washed. There's soap. So, I mean, let it tri- – I mean, what happened? You peed in a pool before you've peed in the ocean. What's the difference? You're sitting um, in your About piss. 500 billion trillion tons of water. Yeah, but – Yeah, but and, you're still and sitting enough chlorine in a, in a to pool kill of man. your urine unless you are swimming away as you're urinating. Yeah. Uh, Hey, agree, I gotta, disagree. I gotta say, go, in the shower is cleaner than than in the pool, for yeah. sure. Now, do you guys do you guys wash your feet and legs every single time? Uh, legs, not feet. 
I yeah. I will wash my feet only if like after exercising. But if I just like got home from work, then I just let the trickle down effect take care of that. Yeah, go. apparently that's what I said, and and uh, the trickle down effect apparently doesn't take place, which I disagree with. But um, you ever been to a car wash? Trickle down effect. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Last um, couple bits here are about football, and we roll into football, so that's perfect. Just uh, of recent breaking news, um, Colin Kaepernick has tweeted and mentioned that he is hosting a private workout in Atlanta. There have been teams uh, of which have not, uh, of which I have not seen that have uh, not been disclosed, I should say, but have shown interest um, and will be attending this workout. So, wanted to just quickly ask you guys if you thought there was any chance of Cap uh, being back in a uniform. And I say this because <clears throat> we have these guys like Big Ben and Aaron Rodgers and Brady and Eli and, and that generation of quarterbacks that are now transitioning out in the next couple of years. Um, and a lot of people have expressed concern about the up-and-comers. You know, obviously we'll talk a little bit about Lamar and <clears throat> Kyler Murray and some of those other guys, but um, there is concern kind of about the future of quarterbacks in the league and wanted to see what your thoughts were. Well, let's uh, – a couple things to, to iron out here. Um, as a clarifying question, the NFL, I thought, was was organizing this. Is that right? Yeah, it's in Atlanta. I think they're doing it at the – I was under the – yeah, I was under the impression that the NFL is organizing this, and that was a big step because, as we all know, for the past three years, they have done everything in their power to make sure that this guy did not step on onto a football field. So and that's, that's something really I, interesting. That's something I highlighted. He's been out for three years. I feel like it's been – not that long it feels longer to me man i don't know why uh, it just does um it really because the last it's really been like four years because the last year he was still on a team but that's when he started doing the kneeling and uh and that was four years ago so that's why it feels like it's been actually a really long time but he's also been in the news constantly so it's, it's hard to really understand the timeline yeah. of things a couple things you, you mentioned uh aaron Rodgers, tom brady eli manning ben roethlisberger philip rivers list goes on Colin Kaepernick's 32 years old. He hasn't played in three years. Really hasn't played in like three and a half years. So it's not like he's like some young stud. Oh, yeah. He's not the key. I just, I'm saying that, you know, as the team begins to survey the field or the land, so to say, uh, of quarterbacks, um, I just question whether it's becoming slim and they're going to call on him or they're just going to continue to pull out guys you know that are third string quarterbacks uh in the league i i don't know i think let's let's start with let's start with the question at hand really which is because i do really agree like there are better there con kaepernick is probably better uh, probably a better quarterback than some of the quarterbacks that are playing right now but do you think he's going to get picked up by a team is, well, is that's Tom. that's the whole issue i i don't I I could see him definitely signing uh, with the with the assumption that he's going to be a backup for a his age and b the fact is that when you look at all the teams that need quarterbacks or all the teams that are essentially tanking right now and this upcoming draft class is quarterback heavy you got Joe Burrow you got Tua you got Justin Herbert among you know probably seven or eight quarterbacks that are going to get that are going to get drafted. It's a good so point. 
it's also, you know, why should we invest all this time, money, and publicity into Colin Kaepernick, who may not pan out when we can just grab a kid for the rookie minimum and groom him into the guy that we want to be. We kind yeah. of already know to an extent what Kaepernick is going to bring to the table in terms of his skill set. And given the fact that he hasn't played, what we saw three years ago has probably diminished a bit since. So oh, without, yeah. without a doubt, I think he gets picked up. I'm going to put, I think there's like a 90, no, 80% chance that he gets picked up. Give me, give me your two teams you think he's got. The two to. teams off the bat that I think of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons. Okay. I do, I do like that. Um, put a little pressure on Jameis. Miami. I think Miami's going to gun for one of those top quarterbacks in the next class. I guess, yeah, having the first Because they're going to go right for the first pick, yeah. I think two options would be the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Interesting. See, but yeah. I thought people were pretty happy because, well, I know we, we saw last week that Cam is more than likely going to be traded following this season. I thought people were pretty happy with Kyle, Kyle Allen. Yeah, I just, yeah, man. I don't know. He's nothing I don't special. Trust him. Yeah, like he's. I guess if you want to call him a game manager, he's that. But he's not going to win you games, and he he's a nice little pocket passer. But at the end of the day, you bring in a little competition. You know, Colin Kaepernick does have NFC Championship under his belt, or a championship appearance under his belt. Isn't he long time ago? Isn't he a Super Bowl winner? I don't. I think I don't he think is. So. I think is he, he I'm almost positive he is. Let me let me see. Let's do a quick Yeah, do a quick like you or uh, Wikipedia look up because so, Wikipedia says career highlights, uh NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game. NFC championship for yards defeating Atlanta Falcons. The team advanced to the Super Bowl in New Orleans against the Ravens. I don't give a shit. Just tell me if you won. Highlights and careers and awards. No, I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Offensive player of the year, two years. Yeah, I guess we, it would say pretty quickly if he did. Yeah. Um, I, don't, so. I don't know for some reason I thought he did. but. So with that being said, that's either a second, you know, backup or a third string or not picked up at all. But interesting that the NFL is at least making the move to uh, have conversations and set this work up out. Uh, I, so yeah, I think all, I think from a, uh, I think from a PR standpoint, and I spoke about this prior to to get uh, hopping on here. From a PR standpoint, I think at this point, it's now going to work in the NFL's favor if they do try to bring him back. Um, I just think where it used to be a very divisive move, and it would kind of split a fan base down the middle between for or against whatever he was standing for. Um, I think now it's like more of like a no matter what, no matter who picks him up, it, it's gonna look good on that franchise, and it's I'm gonna excited. be. Some, yeah. I'm excited yeah. for him. I would love yeah. to see him come back and do well. I think yeah. that would be awesome. It'd be a it'd hell be of a story. It'd be a crazy story. I still don't like the guy. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, still NFL related. Last bit before we dive into um, college football. But thought this was hilarious. Take me back Tuesday. There's a rage in Cajun down in Louisiana. Uh, still fighting. Uh, the Supreme Court's there in Louisiana. 
a lawsuit from a fan against the NFL for failure to call a penalty in the waning minutes of the NFC Championship last year. So this guy, you want to talk about clinging on to something, um, has not forgotten, will not forget, and uh, I think this is the end of the road for him because they've said they will not revive it and or even look at it further. But something tells me this guy's not going to stop his journey. So, hey man, respect. Yeah, man. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Fight, fighting the good fight for one of the most egregious non-calls in NFL history. I don't know if there'll ever be one like it again. So keep fighting the good fight, buddy. This guy's probably lost his job, but good for him. Um, <laughs> probably never had a job. Probably not. All right, what a weekend! Can't say it enough, and uh, we'll say it again. NCAA football, a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, let's kick it off first and foremost with LSU Alabama. Uh, LSU, for those of you that didn't watch or know, upset Bama forty-six to forty-one. A video that essentially has gone viral from a player uh, who was filming from a post-game speech from Coach O. Uh, there was the chant heard, Roll Tide, what? Fuck you. Um, which was followed by an absolute roar in the locker room. So, a uh, huge, huge accomplishment. I think another huge video that leaked were the LSU players walking over after the victory to the high school recruits uh, for Bama and saying you should come and play for a real football school. Um, so on their high horse, massive win, uh, but I'll turn it over to you guys to talk a little bit more in depth. Well, first and foremost, I just got to say college football is the bee's knees. It is just <laughs> the bee's the, it is just the electric thing that I love, and I think everyone who doesn't follow college football needs to figure out what's so fucking awesome about it. And it's games like LSU Alabama, um, it just like super high intensity. It's 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 practically a Super Bowl for for not only those schools that are involved, but for the entire fan base of college football. And and it's like 110,000 strong. You got the president of the United States in attendance. Uh, I mean, it's just un- it's it's larger than a professional sport. Oh, event. dude, there there there's never a football game will never get a. a I mean, not that it can't. It just there isn't a stadium big enough to hold 110,000 people. And and what a what a goddamn performance! Having I think they did a flashback to a couple of years ago when these guys played, and at halftime it was what seven three or something. Oh, maybe maybe even three zero. I mean, I think yeah. it was something. It was, and I remember that game well because it was. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is a shit game," and I was like, "This is like one of the best defensive battles I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, because it was again. Right. It was like it was a number like it was like a one versus three, one versus two matchup. Yeah, but between was, those two teams, yeah. that was the last time LSU won. That was 2011, and LSU ended up winning nine to six. That's wild. So a massive defensive battle, and then you flip the script here, and we see just. A spectacular offensive performance and, this weekend, and and even more so. And that was the, the highest scoring Bama LSU. I think that was our sixty fourth meeting, something like that. Goes all the way back to the beginning of the nineteen uh, beginning of the nineteen hundreds. And what's cool about it though, too, is it's such a high level of competition. I mean, you probably have between those two teams six or seven or eight first round picks. 
that's what I'm saying. You're watching the future of the NFL. Oh my God, very much so. And I'm not surprised about the final score, by the way. First of all, if you didn't watch it, the score 46-41 is a lot closer than the game really was until about like the third, really the fourth quarter um, when Bama started making their comeback. But I mean, they were LSU was up 20 at half. They were absolutely manhandling Bama. Bama's defense is depleted. They're super young. Uh, you got Tua with a, a bad ankle. And, and so things kind of fell into place for LSU to, to really take this game. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely took advantage of it. And I understand that Tua has, you know, this bum ankle. And what I was talking about is crazy that, you know, usually you sprain an ankle and you just deal with it, you know. And they were showing, like, a pretty graphic image of the surgery that they did on his ankle, um, putting in plates and screws and everything, which is kind of crazy to me, you know, if you think about it. he's They're almost setting him up in the future for failure. I mean, that's obviously bound to give out. Um, it'll help him, for, you know. It'll help him for his his career, but after that, you know, he's he's fucked. Yeah, but to, even to think about like conversely, they're doing that so that he is able to come back and play as soon as possible. Yeah. When like generally speaking, if if the game didn't mean so much, you I guarantee he would not have played in that game. Um, yeah. Because generally, if it's a sprain, it, it like you're just gonna take him. you're just gonna take two or three weeks off, ice it, heal it, rehab it, all of that stuff. And then you come back and you're 100% and you don't have to do the surgery with the pins and needles. And I, I will say, shout out to it because you're right. The first half was all LSU. They exposed Bama's defense, young defense. And I think the the Bama linebacking core really got exposed for being young and inexperienced. And it's not the typical linebackers that go on and are on you know multiple NFL rosters now. But LSU... Joe Burrow, they're they're the real deal. I'm a huge Burrow fan now. I, he's sold me. Obviously, um, you know, I, I liked what he had been doing all season, but I think that was a true testament to the fact that not only can the boy play, but um, he can lead a team. And I think, you know, his, his post-game um, interviews, I think he even showed that he's well-educated and oh, yeah. can, you know, hold hold the conversation uh, a hell of a lot better than I'm drawing a blank on the running back's name, but um, I mean that guy could barely get out a sentence. <laughs> that fucking guy. I mean, he was crying 20 minutes before, so I get it. But uh, but yeah, I, th- I think he's a huge standout, and I think he's going to be um, someone to watch in in years to come. Yeah. And just to to follow back on that, shout out to her though, like you said, the ankle injury, which I'm sure was hampering him more in the second half, let it come back. Bama's defense kind of got their shit together, and unfortunately, it came down to one of those games where whoever has the ball last is going to win. And not to really jump ahead here, but I cannot believe that Alabama is now out of the top four after going toe-to-toe with an excellent LSU team. Um, I don't know if you guys really want to hit on any of these. In case you missed it this weekend, Ohio State drop 73 points on Maryland I mean I think one of the biggest things I I think we should just quickly touch upon is the fact that I mean it was overshadowed obviously by LSU beating Bama but um Minnesota you know bodying Penn State was was, uh, it's it's the PJ Fleck effect dude PJ Fleck I mean talk about like Coach O 
You gotta love him. I think that guy's a national treasure. And PJ Fleck and what he's doing at Minnesota, which is, dude, what a tough school to have to recruit to. I mean, you're recruiting kids to spend the majority to, to of be like a gopher to be to be a gopher to be a gopher, but like to go to have to recruit someone up to like the the north has got to be a much bigger deal than than recruiting someone to LSU or Bama or Florida State or Georgia, like where it's just like warm weather and like it's kind of nice and you get you know. These kids are like for the majority of the of the season, you know, they're barely single light of day. It's cold as shit, all that. And this guy, he's just like such a good motivator. I don't know if you saw his post game interview, but the dude just like you know, you would follow that guy into war. Oh yeah, he had the boys ready to go, and I think that was the biggest, you know, the 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 separating factor is that Minnesota did not back down. They didn't play scared. And they came out, they punched Penn State in the mouth. And even at halftime, you expect Penn State to make the adjustments and, you know, game plan, whatever. And Minnesota was having none of it. They continued their offensive assault and just ran away with the game. Um, and I, I think, I, I don't want to get into the debate of is Penn State overranked because they had a lot of big wins too. But I'm fully sold on this Minnesota team. Unfortunately, they have to play Ohio State in a couple of weeks. They have to play Ohio State and Iowa, which is never an easy game. And then they're the playing Iowa this week, I think. I think it's yeah. Minnesota Iowa this week. Yeah, at I think Iowa. So too. That and, Iowa. Uh, then they play Ohio State, and then there's one other game, or maybe they have a bye. I'm not really sure. But if they can, I mean, dude, they're gonna give. You know, from everything I can tell, Ohio State is is everything and more. Them and LSU are like they'll flip flop one two. They pretty much are both number one, but like, if Minnesota can even find a way to stay close with Ohio State, I don't think that hurts them in the in the college football playoff picture. No, not at all. This it's it's the same discussion with Bama's loss to LSU, and, and unfortunately, and I, we're comparing the SEC with the much weaker Big Ten. But you know, so be it. Am I am I looking at the wrong schedule here for Minnesota? No, they're playing Iowa, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. That could yeah, be right. and, and and then the Big Ten championship would be Ohio against State. Ohio State. Be Ohio State. Okay, I mean, yeah. th- those aren't pushovers. Northwest. Well, Iowa is going to be a good, a great test on the road at Iowa. It's one of the hardest places to play in college football. Uh, Northwestern is among the worst in college football, so that should be a breeze. And then Wisconsin is one of those teams where we don't really know which team is going to show up. Yeah. Um, but if Jonathan Taylor runs for two hundred yards then, you know, you're going to have some trouble, especially with a Wisconsin team that's hyster- uh, historically known for playing good defense. And hysterical. And it's hysterical. <laughs> um, all right, well, what's even more hysterical, as Tom previously previously mentioned, we can't speak tonight, uh, is Bama dropping, you know, below that top four spot. Um Let's go ahead and just dive into the updated new playoff rankings here. I don't know if you guys want to just run down the entire list or, or talk top five. Um, well, I'm I'll, curious. To, I'm, I want to do a little, like, who's your top four kind of thing because there is, I mean, the only glaring thing, everything seems to be pretty par for the course. I don't think Clemson's really that good of a team. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. But in any case, like they're gonna be there because they're undefeated and and they beat the shit out of teams because they play in the ACC, which is now in my mind 
on par with like the Big Twelve, maybe even worse. That that is nonsense if I've ever heard it. I am fully on Clemson this year. I I would make the case that they should still be number one overall. They haven't lost in two years. I'm a big Trev Dog guy. They haven't lost in two years, and I think everybody is holding the North Carolina close game against them. They had one almost slip-up where they had a close game. Aside from that, they have been steamrolling teams, especially over the last three weeks. Um, and I, I, my only issue with the top rankings right now is Georgia. I have absolutely no idea how Georgia snuck in over Bama um, or even Oregon. I, I would make the argument that Oregon has an equivalent schedule to Georgia. They have the same record. Their only loss being week one against Auburn. So, I mean, you're talking about a close SEC game, and you look at their losses. Georgia lost to South Carolina at mm-hmm. home. That's embarrassing. And so if we're talking about just their losses, are you going to put in Bama, who just lost to the number one team in the country? Yep. Or are you going to take Georgia, who has a bad loss? And I, I, I don't know how the committee came up with Georgia. That's just so who, who's, your top, who's your top four, Tom? My top four right now is LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama. And then I'll put probably Oregon five, Georgia six, and Minnesota, I would put seven. Deservedly so. Harry, who do you have as your top? I'm gonna four? go. I'm gonna go. You gotta stick LSU at one because of the Bama win. I'm gonna stick. I like top three: LSU, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. They're gonna go Bama. They're gonna go. They're gonna go Georgia, and then I'm gonna go number five or uh, number six. I'm gonna go Minnesota. So, the team to watch here is Auburn. And the only reason I say that is because Auburn still has games against Georgia and LSU. And so, if Auburn is to win either of those games, all of a sudden, we can be talking about making a case for Oregon to get into the top four, which would just be a giant monkey wrench. Um, Yeah, but who... Who has Auburn? I'm trying to see who their losses were to this season. So LSU, pretty good loss. Yeah, I mean only by three. So in Florida, is, I think they lost to Florida. Yeah, there is the ability to come back, no doubt about that. Um, and then they lost to Florida. Ah, fuck. I guess you can't really put Minnesota at six. They've only the only win is really over Penn State which will I mean it'll it'll play itself out you it know? plays itself because like they've had kind of a cupcake schedule to start the year but then they go Penn State like we said Ohio, number 20 Iowa and then cupcake game versus Northwestern and then they go uh, at home versus Wisconsin so I mean this is what I love about college football and this is what I love about this time of year is that there's a lot of big games that will be played a lot of teams are, are going to lose a lot of these one loss teams are going to lose and, and drop back. And, you know, it's, it's just about, you know, football, it, because it is, the way, it's set up the way it is. You just have to win out. Like 
a loss at this point in the season just sets you back way you know outside of the the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, so quick question for you guys, uh, Ohio State. I know that you can only play the teams that are on your schedule, um, <coughs> but do you guys think that they're deserving of that spot? Do you think they're contenders? Do you think, given their schedule and the difficulty of their schedule, do you think they can compete against, um, you know, a top tier team, so to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're deserving of it. They've had an easy schedule so far this year. I mean, Michigan State was their only real test that I can tell, and and Wisconsin. Um, they handled both of those teams pretty good. Michigan State, I, I don't think is really that. I think they're pretty average as far as as far as it goes. Wisconsin's a good win, except without you know outside of Jonathan Taylor, like who the hell are they? Um, but they're gonna they're gonna go through the gauntlet. Um, they start with Rutgers, tough team, um, and then they go at home versus Penn State, and then on the road at Michigan. Wish. Michigan's starting to look a lot better too. So that game, everyone's going to be have that circled on their calendars, and uh, and that's when we'll really see what Ohio State's all about. Well, we'll obviously keep you up to date as these polls change, and obviously um, give you some good spreads and locks on games that are coming up. Um, but definitely something to look forward to. Um, I think you know, as we had said this weekend was a testament to the fact that college football is electric. It is something to watch if you're not even a fan. Um, I think the momentum that is a swinging pendulum, you know, with, with how much people have loyalty to these schools makes it all that much more exciting to watch. So make sure you check it out so that you know what the fuck we're talking about next week. Um, well, gentlemen, do you, have any other, do you have any other last thoughts before we dive into the NFL? All I will say is one team's playoff chances end this weekend, and that is when Oklahoma faces off at Baylor. Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts' team, 8-2. and two. Baylor still riding undefeated, looking to make it the first 10-0 start in team history. Um, and I'm still not ruling out a Big 12 playoff team if you know shit hits the fan in the upcoming weeks. And I want to see Jalen Hurts there. I want to see Jalen Hurts have the opportunity to prove himself on the biggest stage again. So I will be rooting for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest game this weekend. Make sure you check it out. All right, well, um, let's talk NFL. We won't bore you with a recap or a review of Week 10 because it has come and gone um, Monday night was exciting and electric 49ers uh undefeated season has come to an end due to uh russ wilson even though he barely produced in fantasy this week um but there are some serious notes to touch upon some achievements first and foremost someone that we've been skeptical of all season we would like to uh first and foremost apologize and then uh, congratulate because Lamar Jackson can play football. Um, he proved it again this weekend. He becomes the first player with multiple perfect pass ratings uh, in a single season and again took home another victory this weekend. Um, and I think one of the highlights for me was watching him pitch the ball to RG3. 
uh, who I believe ran it for a first down. So mm-hmm. never thought I would see that guy ever again, but you know, leave it to the fucking Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson to bring that guy back and revitalize his career. <laughs> hey man, whatever works. It's that that Heisman House mojo that they all got going on. Well, it's not even like he's revitalizing the career. I mean, people just never gave him a shot. I'm ki- yeah, I'm so, kidding. I just he just was, you know, always this big story and then you know, went nowhere. Walking yeah, I mean, injury. it's only year 2, so like I'll I'll, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. I was a bit skeptical of him because probably because of the media just just saying that everyone should be skeptical of him because he can't pass or whatever. Uh, he's proved every single doubter wrong and that run he had last weekend with like the 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 one shimmy, the juke and then the spin move. I mean, I don't think Mike I don't Vic. that was Mike like that's Mike Vick esque, but it might even be like more electric. Like I yeah. think he is I mean, it's I think he is seems faster than Mike Vick. Uh they both have incredible arms. I think his success will be better than Mike Vick's. Um He probably doesn't have any dog fighting rings, so he's got that going for him. Every time oh yeah, Mike Vick kills dogs. Um every time that I see Lamar Jackson a a quote just runs in my head and that is Booby Miles' grandfather and all I hear is he can run he can block and he can pass he's like and, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll paint your front porch yeah <laughs> he'll take out your trash and he can pass <clears throat> so I think um to to kind of circle back we've talked a lot about you know, being skeptical about his abilities and whether or not he can pass and, and capitalize and win games, but he's done that. Uh, I've been impressed as much as I've tried to resist. Um, you know, as hideous as he is, he gets it done. Yeah, I mean, all AFC bias aside, uh, Lamar Jackson is proving to be the best athlete in the NFL. And he's going to be a problem for years to come. I, I'm okay saying that now. Um, it sucks that we're probably going to see him again in the playoffs. But, you he, know. He's going to end up a Patriot. It's 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 good for football that there's somebody else other than the New England Patriots in contention for a Super Bowl. So here's my, my question quickly for you before we move on. Um, do you think that there's longevity in his style of play? In the well, kind of I mean, current, that's, that's the issue. Is the the big question is when is he gonna, when is that juke not gonna work and he's gonna take his first hard lick, and you know, he he's you know he's a crazy freak athlete, but he's not you know built by any means. It's only a matter of time before they start dissecting and learning him as a player better. You know, like like you guys said, this is year one. Um, so there's a lot to be learned and I just am concerned about him getting wrapped up around the legs or taking just an absolute cold clock and, uh, you know, putting his career in jeopardy. It's, I don't know. It's just going to take one hit to the head to put him in concussion protocol and the Ravens are going to lose a game that might happen next week. That might then, happen in the playoffs. But then like a player like that has to reassess his style of play, you know, because, 
once you get put into concussion protocol, you can't be out there willy-nilly, you know, throwing these jukes and these spin moves, risking getting another concussion. I mean, I guess you can, you know, if you're getting paid millions of dollars a year and you're getting doped up. I guess it doesn't really fucking matter, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like Harbaugh knows that though, and he's just gonna ride out this dual dual threat as long as he can, and he's gonna worry about the the breakdown later. Yeah, deal with the repercussions later. Well, all right. Somebody who also uh, is making strides for an MVP move um, with a question mark there, but uh, that is Minka Fitzpatrick and the uh, new look that he has kind of brought here to the Steelers. Um, you know, we've talked from the very beginning about the Steelers being in shambles, Tomlin needing to be escorted out, AB gone, Le'Veon Bell gone, you know, James Conner, I believe. Is he still injured? I think he's expected back this week. Okay. Well, he was injured for, for a little bit, um, and then you've got an inconsistent Juju Smith. So, um interesting to see kind of a revitalization but um wanted to get your guys thoughts on that before uh, we move on here to the reason we named this podcast what we did or the title i should say yeah i mean don't look now but pittsburgh is the second wild card team right now in the afc at five and four and this defense has been completely revitalized with the addition of Minka fitzpatrick I think he has like three, at least three touchdowns since coming to Pittsburgh. So he's clearly done something. Uh, that D line is just mean. And, you know, they have the likes of Joe Hayden. And I know we had spoken a bit earlier um, off the show of, of what Mason Rudolph has done recently, how he's progressing. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Steelers are, you know, a, a, a threat in terms of, you know, they're not going to outgun you, but they're going to make you earn your points, and you're going to have to beat them. Like, they're not going to give you the game. They're no longer making the dumb mistakes, uh, not really taking stupid penalties. And I think a lot of it starts with Minka Fitzpatrick's attitude that he brings to the defense. He's like Jalen Ramsey without all the excess baggage. Speaking of um, penalties, quickly to digress, um, you see that video, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, the defenseman, uh, Lewin, Lewin, Lewin? Taylor Lewin, he's the offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. okay, so Taylor Lewin, uh, offensive lineman, was just livid this weekend with his performance and went on a rant basically saying it's fucking disgusting and that he hates basically himself and what he's doing to the team and the penalties he's getting. So um thought that was pretty interesting, the aggressive approach he took. Usually people are pretty, like, passive and are like, yeah, I, I, I screwed up. But uh <laughs> interesting I, approach. I liked it. He kind of he kind of sounds like Pat McAfee. Like, well, the way, like, he bit. talks, like, sound is for whatever reason. If I close my eyes and just, like, listen to it, you would yeah. think it's, like, you would maybe mistake it for Pat McAfee. But – I'll tell you he what. like slicked his hair back. He's like, before we start this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. If you want, if you want a quick way to have the media just shut up about it, just nip it in the bud right away and and say, you know what, I'm costing our team wins, and and I know it, and you know it, and the coaches know it, and, the, and my teammates know it. So, any other questions? No need to beat a dead horse. Yeah, yeah, like you know, let's move on here. I respect the hell out of it. Yeah. 
Um, well, speaking of moving on, we'll uh, go ahead and hit these next couple of points. I wanted to just highlight the fact that the reason we have named this episode Fitzmagic is because the boy is back. I have always been a huge fan of this guy. He is just sitting around waiting for somebody to give him a call, enjoying his life down in Miami. And, um, you know, he helped pull Miami to their second win in a row. And uh, as we joked before, the Dolphins are marching to the playoffs. So just wanted to, to quickly touch upon that because the guy and his beard are just uh, the epitome of success. Yeah, that thing must get so gross in Miami, but disgusting. Especially I, with a chin when strap I grow on. out a minor beard in July in DC, I want to fucking off myself. So I don't even want to know what that guy's putting himself through. He's probably brain dead. Helps. Um, next up, Tom, want to touch quickly upon Oakland. Uh, yeah, Oakland is is right there in the not only the AFC wild card, but they're still gunning for the division. Um, Kansas City's loss this weekend to Tennessee was huge for Oakland, and now Oakland kind of controls their own destiny, um, especially with the emergence of Josh Jacobs, who has just been an absolute force um, and should be considered by all means one of the elite running backs in the league. Um, but shout-out Oakland for getting it done at home uh, second to last game, I believe, in the black hole. I don't, I don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but you know, it was a signature win for Gruden and the Raiders, beating the division rival Chargers. So you know, good for them. And I, I hope, I hope they make the playoffs. You know, especially all the shit that they've done, gone through this week or this year, not this week. Um, just from the AB shit and even dating back to the Khalil Mack shit. Uh, everybody's been down on Oakland, and it's great to see them continue to prove everybody wrong. Um, well, I will say uh, somebody who's also down in the dumps is the 49ers after uh, losing their first game of the season. We mentioned it earlier in the evening. But crazy Monday night football game that went to overtime. Russ was able to capitalize. Um, kind of pitches the question, or poses the question, I should say. You know, is Jimmy G that good? Is he not that good? Uh, where do we stand? I mean, you saw right away, once Emmanuel Sanders went out of the game, I mean, once Emmanuel Sanders went out of the game, it, it, there was just a huge change in their offense. They really don't, outside of Debo Samuel, there really isn't much, especially when George Kittle is out. Like, you just realize that, you know, they're run, like they, they try to create their offense through the run game, but that only works if they've got offensive, you know, presence or, or, or offensive power on the outside, that being the tight end and wide receiver position. So if you don't have that, you know, from your confidence level of a quarterback, like you're kind of like, well, what the fuck do I do? And that's what you saw last night. Jimmy G oh, yeah. is still a very capable quarterback. He's not going to light up the stat sheet. He did have like a couple weeks ago had the, the four touchdown game. But, you know, without Sanders, without Kittle, they don't have much to work with. Um, teams can just play for the run, make Jimmy G, 
beat them with his arm, and and he's probably not that good of a quarterback to be able to do that, especially when when you take away the uh, the wide receivers that they have. And I mean, we were we were watching it together last night because we had a fair amount of our salaries invested in the game. <laughs> yes, we uh, did. Which which paid off. Which paid off. Uh, but Jimmy G looks scared. There was a few plays on that last drive um, where he threw the ball directly to Seattle defenders and essentially just lucked out that they weren't both picked yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. The um, one to KJ Wright and the other to Bobby Wagner. Right, and I mean, nine times out of ten, you throw a ball in those guys' hands, they're coming down with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, luckily for Seattle, it ended up working out for them. But it just seems like Jimmy G, I don't know, he, he just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look in control. And while everybody is all of a sudden kind of crowning him, um, I'm, I'm not sold, especially last night, as much shit as I was talking about him. Booger McFarland said it best on the broadcast. He said, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's see what Jimmy G is made of. And, you know, he he got the team into field goal range, and that kid hit the field goal, whatever, forced OT. But if we're being honest, they got lucky. Jimmy G got lucky that that game even went to OT. Yeah. On, to, on top of a pick earlier, as well as two fumbles. Like, come on. That's that's not that. But good. this has been my argument from the beginning is that everybody has talked about oh he was combed and curated by Belichick and Brady and you know he's now gonna flourish because he's off and he's you know granted look to play devil's advocate he's got not a very strong core uh, fleet of receivers but like you said in that broadcasting moment you know. That was an opportunity for Jimmy G to show that he is capable of playing at a high level, um, you know, when it counts against a team that, you know, they have, so to say, a rivalry against. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got an undefeated season on the line, and I just think that he proved that he isn't this gem in the the rough that everybody has uh, anticipated. I and, and I don't think he's done it all season. You know, I think that they've produced, but um, they I, haven't had a very strong schedule. And no. um, it's going to get it, and it gets a lot harder the second half of the season. So it's really going to be it's going to be pretty telling, you know, how they finish up. Um, I, I think they'll still, you know, they should still make the playoffs. If you start off eight. No, you you damn well better make the playoffs. But it's going to be predicated on them being healthy. Their defense is still incredibly elite um to 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 hold russell wilson to to mediocre stats uh you know the only thing is in overtime you can't give russell wilson three three possessions in overtime like just by the the law of averages one of those one of those possessions he's going to take it for points and that's exactly what they did granted like jason myers saw to make a 47 yarder to win the game um you know, you just can't do it. And and so as much their defense was doing everything in their power to put the ball in Jimmy G's hands to go win a game, and he couldn't do it. And they kept giving the ball back to Seattle. Seattle wins. Um, I thought it was probably one of the best NFL games I've seen all season, right? If not the best. Oh, definitely. And as, as much trash talk as we're giving Jimmy G, I will say 
I blame this loss on wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. And I think it's completely clear the whole reason they traded for Emmanuel Sanders was because they got nothing outside of Debo Samuel. Um, Dante Pettis, I think, is a bitch. He's a little soft bitch. Um, and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, they were down 24-21 driving. And Bourne dropped a pass on like the four-yard line that should have been first and goal. And if we're being honest, if we're talking about all these what-ifs, what-coulds, that drop should have put them in position to score and you know eventually win the game. But he dropped it, and it wasn't even really that closely contested. It was just off his hands, which you can't blame Jimmy for that, but nope. Kendrick, you're better than that. Be better than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, that does it for the NFL and does it for the episode tonight. So I think the best thing to do is close things out with some buzzer beaters, and we'll kick it off to you, Harry, uh, and your naked self to close us out. Yeah, uh, just a quick update. I, you know, we don't we haven't been covering hockey much. The season's just underway. Well, most teams are about somewhere between eighteen and twenty games in, so we still have about uh, math, 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 forty something games left for each team. Um, and just as a quick update in terms of standing, uh, out of the East, you've really got the Bruins and the Capitals taking a pretty firm um, lead in their respective conferences. Uh, Capitals kind of just being the Capitals, picking up where they left off. Uh, they're 13-2-4. And, and the Bruins, who um, are a little bit of a surprise in the Atlantic Division, uh, they've got a lot of competition from Toronto. Uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, Tampa Bay, who was the odds-on favorite going into the playoffs last year is off to a very shaky start, starting off 8-5-2. and two. So um, really interested interested to see how they uh, turn the ship around because they do have all the talent in the world and they should not be near 500 at this point in the season. Um, and then the West Coast, you got the defending champion Blues starting off, starting off very hot, uh, leading the West Coast at 27 points. They're, they've got 12 wins and three losses. And then in the Pacific is the Edmonton Oilers, who are, for many years, were like the Cleveland Browns of the NHL. Um, <clears throat> but they've seemed to start to be able to figure it out. They're in first place in the Pacific. So I don't know if the Browns want to give them a call and see uh, and rip a page out of their playbook and see what the fuck they're doing. Because I think Edmonton's had like 10 first, first overall picks in the last like 15 years. So um it's a matter of time that they're actually starting to produce. And when you have Connor McDavid, who's the best player in the NHL on your team, it tends to work out pretty well for you. So just wanted to I give think, a quick update. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think um, it's interesting. I was talking to my uncle about this, and he was saying that he sees them as a bit of a dark horse uh, going into the playoffs. Um, you know, not that that's anywhere close, but – Essentially, they're going to need you know 130 point season from McDavid and a hell of a lot better goaltending to be able to compete uh, at a high level. So, um, will be interesting to see you know now that they're sitting at one where they fall you know 20 games in, um, but definitely a team to watch. I honestly, I'm glad that you brought this up. I've been watching a bunch of NHL, and I got to say that um, the Capitals have just. Con- continuously impress me and they're a team to watch they're gonna be a contender no doubt 
um, in the Metropolitan and, you know, just continues to make me sad about the Rangers. So, yep. um, thank you, Harry, for bringing up the NHL. Tom. You got it. I posted about this earlier on our Instagram, uh, just to follow up a bit more. The Memphis Tigers college basketball program is about to get the death penalty similar to what the Miami Hurricanes saw in the mid-2000s. Um, and to elaborate more on that, James Wiseman, five-star recruit, highly touted as the number one overall pick coming out of the draft this upcoming year, uh, seven-foot center, absolute monster, is ineligible to play in these games. He's appealing it. He's not supposed to be playing. But head coach Penny Hardaway is still playing him, which is absolutely absurd. The story behind the whole sanctions on him is crazy, where Wiseman initially started playing like AAU ball on the Nike circuit for a team sponsored and coached by Hardaway, um, then moved to Memphis, where Hardaway coaches a high school team to play with Hardaway in high school, and... There's just so many connections between the two behind getting to Memphis. It's almost like too much to believe. And it's too much for me to explain right now. I know you guys want to get the fuck out of here. So all I'm saying is read into this story. Make up your mind. It's fucking... I mean, this is a a major... This is a major, major deal if they get the death penalty. I mean, this sets back schools for decades. I mean, SMU almost got it. Miami had gotten it, um, and they are, you know, still recovering. Um, So if this is something that actually pans out, you're looking at a school that will probably not have any type of contending team for, or basketball team, that is, um, for 10, 15 years, 20 years. and, And that's the whole push is that essentially Hardaway did this in high school, and he used it as a stepping stone to get the job at Memphis. And now people are saying that Hardaway is just going to feed Memphis to the Wolves. And when shit hits the fan here, he's going to look for an NBA job. And who fucking knows? Maybe Hardaway will end up coaching an NBA team and draft fucking Wiseman number one but overall. Will sanctions, will sanctions not fall on him at all? I mean, it falls on the program. Hardaway is essentially just like the ringleader where... He's disposable. Everybody, yeah, I mean, he'll get a slap on the wrist for it. But given the fact that he's continuing to play Wiseman, despite all of the sanctions that have already been put on the program. Is, My man doesn't give a, a fuck. It's just a massive fuck you to the NCAA. And it kind of shows that, like, he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. <laughs> and he's just using this as another stepping stone to get to the NBA. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, keep you guys updated, but you should go look into it and read everything about it. Um, But that closes us out here tonight. Thank you, as always, for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. We hope you all enjoyed. Keep returning each week. It's what keeps us going. So do not forget, remember to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. If you have not already, subscribe on uh, iTunes and Spotify, not Instagram so that you can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes and have a fantastic fucking day, evening, morning, wherever you are in the timeline of the day. And to close us out here tonight, we've got a little bit of a throwback. 
Today in hip hop history, Wu Tang Clan released their debut album, Into the Wu Tang 36 Chambers. So, the New York Times side, staying alive was no job, had second hands, moms bounced on old men, so then we moved to Shallon land, a young youth, you're rocking the gold tooth, low goose, only way I begin to G-York was drug loot, and let's start it like this son, rolling with this one, and that one, pulling out gats for fun, but it was just a dream for the team, who was a fiend, started smoking wounds at 16, and running up in gates, and doing hits for high stakes, making my way on fire escapes. No question I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question I would flow off and try to get the dough off. Sticking up right boys on board My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick tight click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas, rolling in MPVs every week. We made 40 G. Yo, brothers, respect mine. I ain't gonna tech now. Bow, move from the gate now. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. It's been 22 long, hard years. I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging. But I'm alive on arrival. I'll be back to safe for the streets to stay awake. As a shorty shouldn't be so rough But as the world turned, I learned life was hell Living in the world no different from a cell Every day I skate from takes, giving chase Selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed But I'm still depressed And I ask, what's it worth? Ready to give up, so I seek the old earth Who explained working hard may help you maintain To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain All in the block that stays hot Leave it up to me while I be living proof To kick the truth to the young black youth When shorties running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer And ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear Neglected for now, but yo, it got to be accepted That what? The life is hectic Cash 